Hey everyone, this is Phil and Lola of the Capes and Lunatics podcast. You're listening to Into the Night, the the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looning listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 253. You with your high priest of Conchu Ray. Hello, good day. And uh, we've got a, a fantastic show, but I can't do this alone. So, brought in the, the heavy artillery. And uh, joining me is Jack Russell. Give me a keg of beer. Moran from Times of Evil. Oh. <laughs> I don't even have to put in a post edit. That's cool. Um, <laughs> Russell, how are you going? I'm I'm good, Ray. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm um super keen to get. This is something a little different. Loonies, uh, you may have noticed on the the podcast title for this episode, it is a waxing gibbous, so it is an other side of the moon, but it's kind of like a an, a moonlight comic in by proxy in the fact that we're going to be doing or focusing on the latest and greatest Moon Knight en- villain or enemy revealed in the Jen McKay run. We'll be looking at Dark Reign Zodiac, the miniseries issues one to three from 2009. So it doesn't have Mooney in it, but it it's very much linked with Moon Knight, uh, especially after the goings on in the Jed McKay and the Alessandro Capuccio run. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, Jack, uh, not Jack, Jack Russell, Russell is with us. Um, but before any of that, of course, a huge thank you to all our sponsors. A uh, big thank you to Drew Tombs from Tombed, Tombs and Lurk Music. A big thanks to Daniel Doing uh, for, of Fringe Night, as well as CLZ Comics and Dreamland Comics as well from Schoenberg, Illinois. Uh, also, a little shout out now, and I might repeat it again towards the end of the show. Russell, thank you so much for... Russell, you've upped your game with the Patreon as well. Yeah. So um, a big thank you for that as well. And, of course, we'll thank all the Patreons towards the end of the show. Um, now, Russell, here we are. Mm-hmm. Just two young kids sitting on a fence <laughs> with our legs swinging. <laughs> and um, and we've got a um, – I've got here on the prompt sheet. It's not a moonshine. It is another side of the moon. Zodiac, uh, would you be so kind as to give the fair listeners uh, a rundown of the credits for me? Yes. Uh, Dark Rain Zodiac 1 through 3. The writer is Joe Casey. Penciler Nathan Fox. Inker is also Nathan Fox. Colorist Jose Villarubia. Uh, letterer Albert De, De, De Chesney and editor Tom Brebort. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, released June to October 2009 uh, and available, I know Russell, you have in your hot hands hard copies, like floppies of this mm-hmm. actual mini. Um, so just yep. three issues, uh, but also available on digital to buy, or um, I've read it on Marvel Unlimited as well. So it's available there for any subscribers. Um, now, listeners, uh, 
uh, sorry, Russell. I mean, like we're diving straight into it. I, 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 you know, I should have taken a step back. Should have kind of asked, you know, anything eventful happened over the last week, or uh, you know, have you have you made any great purchases apart from Zodiac? Um, I, <laughs> I've I've made a a few purchases over the last few weeks. Um, I um. Finished off my run of Sleepwalker. Nice. That's a f- substantial run, right? It's not. It's like what is it? Thirty yeah. three issues. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, pretty long. Yeah. And uh, I also, uh, Ray knows why I did this, but um, <laughs> I I uh, bought like the entire first two volumes of cyber force in floppy form so yes where do you find this like where is this did you buy it all in one place or the cyber force i did Mm -hmm. um my dot com. um they there was only a few issues they were missing so i'll just have to you know pick those up on ebay or something but yes yeah you know, Cyberforce not exactly uh, <laughs> flying off the inventory shelves. But... <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was interesting enough. I remember when Image started and and Mark Silvestri, because I'm you know a bit of a fan from Uncanny X Men. Um, him taking Cyberforce, uh, you know, a nice motley crew of characters. Uh, I know why you picked it, Russell. Um, mm-hmm. Very cool thing that you you sent over. Um, but yeah, I mean, have you, are you a fan of Wetworks as well, Russell, or do you know? Of- I, I, I know of it, but yeah. I've never read it or anything. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was a bit more of a fan of that because it had more of a predator vibe, you know, mm. like a soldier, uh, a unit, infantry unit. Yeah. Um, but they had symbiote, like gold symbiotes that could kind of oh. heal them and, and, you know, augment them. So I thought that was pretty cool. And Will Spatachio as well, a uh, fellow Pinoy, I think you call them Pinoys, Filipinos, <laughs> Filipino <laughs> background. So, yeah, um, pretty cool. All right, so nice nice catches there, Russell. What did I get lately? Um, what I've been trying to... I'm, I'm heading towards... Um, Wanting to collect, I want to get the the complete series of uh, of Wonder Man of the nineties. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It was a really good run, um, and I haven't hadn't finished it. And uh, a little shout out to uh, Sector Two Eight One Nine. Is it with Will Allred? Uh, he he told me that towards the end uh, it gets kind of dark and and pretty pretty involved. So that's kind of piqued my interest. Um, and I finally found a full set of Curse of the Ebony Blade, Black Knight, just recently. Mm. That's that's kind of just passed. Uh, issue 5 was really hard to find because of a, a first appearance of, um, or spoilers, of a new Black Knight. Um, someone mm-hmm. someone else takes the mantle. So, had you read that as well, Russell? Or I have not, but I've been wanting to read it. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty good. Right. Um, it's I've, pretty... I've, I've, I've read that they've... they've... They've tied Black Knight's sword in with uh, Null. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Wow. 
Is Null Null's kind of like dead, isn't he? Is he? Mm, yeah, he got thrown into the sun, so <laughs> he, he's yeah. pretty dead. Because I for now, for now, yeah, for sure. Because I didn't really follow King. And, I'd like, I'd like to. I mean, Phil was telling me how it was really good, actually. Um, but I mm-hmm. picked up Al Ewing's Venom number one, and mm-hmm. uh, you can kind of, you kind of have to jump on because it, it it's a logical kind of next step after King in Black. So I've learned that Eddie Brock now is apparently the, the King in Black. He's almost kind of godlike mm-hmm. powers, yeah. which is pretty cool. But, yeah, I was just wondering, oh, what happened to Null then? Because like, he was seemingly all-powerful. But, you know, yep. Uh, yep. get thrown in the sun. Well, I I, that'll do it. I, th- I think they're coming out with a omnibus of all that Donny Cates, Ooh. Ryan Stegman, Venom stuff. So uh, that might, might be, be able to worth. read it all up. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I wonder. I mean, I, I, it's probably all on unlimited as well, so I should be able to catch up on that. Oh yeah, so it definitely yeah. Yeah. Anyway, listeners, uh, sidetracking a little bit there, but um, <laughs> for those that haven't listened much before, uh, we are going to go through issues one through to three. We're going to treat it as a as a whole arc. Uh, so what we usually do, we'll go through a bare bones, uh, just a little summary for for those that kind of want to recap or who haven't read it but just want to know what we're about to talk about. Uh, that will will kind of take you through that. Uh, and Russell, slightly new, different format. Look, I've put in five key mm-hmm. moments, but I'm going to leave it open. If if you wanted to um, talk about something that really stood out for you in this miniseries, then we can we can use that as a key moment for sure. Um, okay. Yeah, and then Russell and I will follow it with any other notes we may have on writing, art, themes, characterizations, or references, and we'll cap it off with Conishu's rating system, now the one and only rating system in ITK. Mm-hmm. It has shot the vanilla rating out of the water. Um, so, yeah, done away with that. Um, so that will be out of 10. Uh, so, Russell, I haven't proofread this, nor have I asked you, but um, <laughs> would you like to read The Bare Bones? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, cool, cool. Zodiac wages a personal war against Norman Osborn in what seemingly looks like a thirst for anarchy. Recruiting accomplices such as Manslaughter Marsdale, the Clown, and his lover, Death Reaper. Zodiac causes terror to Hammer and Osborne by killing his men before turning his attention to superheroes. Luring Johnny Storm into an old shield complex, Zodiac taunts the Human Torch, enraging him making him reckless and careless. Passing through a tunnel turns out to be a trap, and the torch is severely hurt from the energy siphon system before Zodiac callously beats him to an inch of his life. With Zodiac... I'm sorry. With Johnny in hospital, surrounded by Sue, Ronan, Hank Pym, Zodiac continues his onslaught by rigging the hospital to blow. Hundreds of people die in the explosion, 
but Sue manages to save a few with her force field, including the superheroes and her injured brother. Not content with causing that mayhem, Zodiac also rigs phantom alerts to hammer that Galactus is coming. Osborne touches base with Agent Murphy, who has been following the case and correctly believes the random events are tied together. Osborne dismisses this and demotes the concerned Murphy to a glorified desk job. With Pace Pot Pete and Whirlwind, who had been acting as a mole within Hammer, now joining the villainous crew, Zodiac unleashes yet another act of terror in procuring a giant robot to lay waste to New York City. Osborne and the Avengers have to contest with the destruction, but all this is slowly revealed to be nothing more than a diversion for Zodiac and his true plan is revealed. On top of the revelations that Zodiac manipulated the likes of Marsdale and the Clown to work for him from the start, the Zodiac Key is revealed to be what Zodiac was after all along. In a chilling monologue to a cornered Agent Murphy, Zodiac reveals all before killing the luckless agent. Norman Osborn plays spin doctor to the media after the string of catastrophic events, and in an undisclosed location, Zodiac looks on gleefully, keen to undermine and ruin Osborn and the authority he has established. Yeah, thank you so much uh, there, Russell. That. I mean, pretty much caps it. There's a lot more, obviously, to it, but just trying to truncate it into a into a summary across the three issues. And I may have overlapped um, some events, you know, before which came mm-hmm. after and such like that. But you kind of get the gist of it. Um, so overall, Russell, uh, before we get into the details, what did you make of these three issues? But actually, first, had you had you heard of Joe Casey and um, and Nathan Fox? Uh, I think I had at least heard of Joe Casey. I think he actually did some Hulk stuff. Oh, okay. Um, But I don't think I ever read any of it, uh, and I wasn't particularly familiar with Nathan Fox at all. Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah, his art seemed um, almost kind of like indie um, to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, but anyway, it's still good when we'll get into it. Um, but yeah, did you, so how did you find these three issues? Um, you know, I, for the most part, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, uh, I mean, I was going to say that, uh, it was really dark, but I think that kind of goes with the name, uh, dark, dark rain. Everything was dark during dark rain. Um, yeah, it was a lot of, I mean, there was, there was a lot of violence and brutality, but it still had some fun to it, mm. I guess. And I guess that's perfect, because uh, that's kind of Zodiac's whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, there was actually a scene that I laughed um but not particularly because it was just, you know, stupid or silly or funny, but just because of it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, was that the uh, was that the Japanese robot? No. Oh. 
No, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll give an interesting okay. uh, story about him here shortly. Um, uh, yeah, I do. You want me to get into my uh, key moments, or do you want I'll, me to just? Oh no! Look, I was just going to say myself. Overall, I thought um, I, I really enjoyed it. it. It kind of took me by surprise. Uh, mm-hmm. it, I didn't know what to expect. I, I really didn't know. I mean, you, as you said, it's a part of a part of the dark rain kind of event but i actually hadn't read much of those um so mm-hmm. this coupled with the fact that it's zodiac and the type of character he is it, it kind of threw me how violent and graphic it was uh but mm-hmm. yeah but i think casey did <clears throat> a really good job with i don't know keeping it keeping the tension there uh, and and making zodiac a really a really scary villain so i was pleasantly surprised with these three issues um but yeah um yeah as for as for key moments or um what's what's one of the first uh one of the first key moments for you for this mini series that kind of really stood out um well it's similar to you Mm -hmm. um he uh him beating the human torch yes uh, it was a surprise to me like the human torch is not uh i mean he's a powerful character yeah and zodiac just outsmarted him um and yeah. it was it was just it was wild that he was able to do that yeah i mean what also surprised me as well like with that russell and absolutely i think that was one of the one of the memorable scenes from this miniseries is that he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty, Zodiac. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like he's just a mastermind behind uh, in a chair. Uh, he actually goes to the site and he's, you know, he's the soldier on the front line, so to speak. Uh, he takes on the Human Torch himself, um, and mm-hmm. yeah, out, outsmarts him. And my gosh, were you as shocked as I was? I was when you saw Johnny Storm bleeding out of the eyes and the nose and the mouth after he yeah, got zapped. I was... Oh. I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we find later on, we see later on, Zodiac does more than that. He actually gets a a metal pipe, and mm-hmm. there's this unconscious Johnny Storm, and he's just like smashing him. Um, and then he picks up a piece of machinery. It's really brutal, uh, and you kind of, you know, there's a little bit of you kind of fearing for the Human Torch. You know he's going to survive, mm. but it's like, right. geez, this guy is. He's gonna. Well, he, there was a list of the injuries, right? He's got like a fractured skull. Oh yeah. man, he's in really bad way. Um, How is this not more of a known thing? I mean, this I this mini series must have just slipped right under the radar How because did, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe because relatively unknown crea- a relatively unknown creative team. I'm thinking, yeah. but they, as you said, they slipped under the radar, and this is. For me, like a really solid piece of work. There are some shortcomings to it, but um, but yeah, overall it's really tight for three issues. Yeah, I yeah. also have the the moment that I laughed at how ridiculous it was <laughs> is the fact that not only does Zodiac blow up a hospital, right? Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> but he blows up a hospital while he's having sex. Oh, yeah, yes. Even even <laughs> pixelated one one moment, you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, it's wild, absolutely wild. Uh, that's the adjective. <laughs> that's the way to, it is wild because he's and and he doesn't he 
put the um the trigger like in between Death Reaper's breasts, <laughs> you know. Yes. And it's kind yep. of turning her on, and they've they've yep. got this sick, weird sex game happening. Um, yeah. But yeah, that results in a massive explosion. Look, the parallels are obviously going to be there as well, Russell. Um, yeah. With Zodiac and blowing up a hospital, and you know, being mm-hmm. an anarchist, we get it. But um, yeah, that was a a, a massive um, moment as well. It it just is one of the examples of not like just the sheer terror that Zodiac places but the way that casey writes him it's it's just kind of it's full throttle straight away because we're we're there in the room with sue and ronan and hank and there's johnny storm who's still in his coma you know as fragile as anything and there's no respite you know then you have Mm -hmm. you kind of contrast that with zodiac and the death reaper having a, a good old time but what they're doing is setting up like an even worse thing. I mean, we don't even know the, the the numbers, the numbers, the casualty. Like there are there are hundreds of people you'd imagine that have right. passed away there. But we focus in on the the superheroes. Sue manages to save a few, but it's just this guy is a real danger to to mm-hmm. society. So yeah, that was a that was a big moment. Um, and uh, one more key moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, when Zodiac is trying to recruit uh, some people for his uh, team, yep. and uh, I think it's Clown, he says, you're not Zodiac. You know, Zodiac, uh, that was a group of supervillains. Oh, yes, yes. And he was like, you know what, yeah, you're right, but I really just like the name. And then he has a bag with him, and it's yep. all the heads of the Zodiac. Crazy. The team. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Because they're no pushovers either. They're no so pushovers. How did he kill, oh. kill them? I would love but. to get a mini on like how he kind of hunts them down and, and kills them himself. This is a guy that, before he gets a Zodiac key, he's pretty much just human, right? Um, mm-hmm. he's that got, we know of. Yeah. That we know of, yeah. We have that the little insight, though, and I think that's really great. He, he um, obtains... Manslaughter Marsdale's ability to not feel pain. Mm-hmm. So I guess he's protected yeah. in that sense, um, which can make him reckless. Uh, but yeah, uh, he, for all intents, he's, he's kind of normal. So every time I'm kind of, well, as I'm reading this mini, I'm kind of thinking, geez, I'm putting him up against Moon Knight and <laughs> just thinking, man, Jed McKay is going to have a field day with this guy mm-hmm. um, because yeah. I don't know, he doesn't care. Um, Moon Knight doesn't care as well, so it's going to be an interesting showdown. Um, I don't know about you. I I read issue one. I think I read that twice before I went into issues two and three. Um, and the second mm-hmm. time I read it, um, did you pick it? Because I I kind of picked it when Marsdale was saying, "Oh, um, he got beaten up, but then Zodiac saved him, like brought him out of the coma." Mm-hmm. I was immediately thinking, oh, "I bet you Zodiac." freaking put him in that coma to begin with um, <laughs> no. yeah um, did you no i didn't i didn't i i didn't think that uh okay i i just thought you know because despite him being you know absolutely you know loony yep. the zodiac does show some loyalty throughout this uh mini especially to to death reaper but <laughs> yes you know <laughs> uh but um 
No, I actually didn't see that coming. And, okay. you know, Jed McKay has made a amazing Easter egg for this uh, for this whole thing that, you know, Zodiac can't feel pain. I don't know if you saw this, Ray. Yeah. Um, uh, and earlier in the run of Jed McKay's Moon Knight, I can't remember if it was issue two or mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um, uh, I'm blanking. Wow, I just blanked. What was, uh, <laughs> oh, um, was Z- Zodiac's uh, human identity that he was pretending to be? Was that... Uh, uh, oh, Terry. Oh, well... Uh, um, Terry. Vampire. Yeah. Vampire. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Terry. Yep. Uh, he... Um, and there's a panel where Terry gets hit by a... a, a moon dart... Oh, in the leg, and oh. he does not react. Oh, that <laughs> that is so cool from Jed. Yeah, um, and that yeah. would have to be calculated as well, for sure. Yes, yep. that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yes, the Zodiac's definitely. I mean, and now he's got. Well, he he has the Zodiac key as well, which makes him mm-hmm. even more terrifying. Um. Yeah, oh, look, one of the the things, uh, one of the key moments I wanted to touch upon was uh, the, I guess, the um, the plot, the subplot of, of Agent Murphy, um, mm-hmm. because, again, I think Casey's really used him well because he's almost um, an avatar for us, almost, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But what makes it so impactful is, at the end, like... He he dies, so it's very bleak. Um, yeah. You know, again, there was a little a little bit of Ray in the mind as I was reading that last bit, going, "Oh, is he going to get away somehow? Is he going to somehow?" And Zodiac saying, "You've got ten more seconds before it's all over for you," and then cut to a couple of pages later, a couple of pages later, and and he's yeah, he's gone. He he's got a, a huge hole in his chest. Um, so mm-hmm. I found that quite impactful. Um, but also, yeah. I guess with writing, what was your, what was your take on Agent Murphy? It, it seemed to be his role, like in the whole series, seemed to be not that clearly defined. Um, he was investigating the cases. This is what I understand. Mm-hmm. He was investigating the cases. He was reporting it all, but somehow that kind of pissed off Norman Osborne. I mean, yeah, I didn't quite understand. Um, if anything, he was helping Norman Osborn figuring out, mm, you know. So yeah, I didn't. I I I honestly think that it was Norman just being. Um, how do I put it? He was um, being kind of narcissistic in that, like, yeah, he he was feeling that how how could this guy possibly know more than me? Yeah, because. What I've noticed is that, um, in this story particularly, is that Norman, now that he's in power, is getting kind of sloppy. I feel like the Green Goblin would never make these mistakes that Norman Osborn is making, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's very... It seems to be... He seems to be very, um, albeit, you know, a a little bit... um, not off kilt, but he seems to 
be less insane, I guess is what I'm saying, than the Green Goblin. So at this time during Dark Reign, Russell, do you know, is he, he's not affected at all by the, the Goblin serum or anything, or he's he just um, seems to be quite a astute, um, you know, director? Yeah, I know at this time that he, I mean, did not operate as the Green Goblin at all. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean it's not there. <laughs> yeah. But uh I think he's just um hiding it really well. Okay. Um cuz he's obviously still, you know, a crazy evil guy. But yep. um he knows that he can't really operate as the Green Goblin or he might get found out. That's why he becomes Iron Patriot. Yeah. Um Yeah, and- I I'm not I I I haven't read all of Dark Reign, so mm-hmm. I I don't know like I don't even know how really he takes over uh, Shield and all that, but well, I, I think it was alluded to, wasn't it? Once Secret Invasion is that right? Um, and mm, the um, yeah. Varanka, yeah. Once she gets defeated, then I think Shield crumbles or something, and because I'm assuming there yeah, were I the think it was actually and... Norman Osborn that killed right the Scroll Queen, yeah. and that's. I guess everyone was like, "Hey, that's that's uh, that's what we'll do with Norman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll make yeah. him director of Shield now." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he kind of like takes over, and um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Norman, and this is a thing I think that really bites with Zodiac, uh, and he mentions it as well. Like Norman's kind of kowtowing now to you know authority. Like he's he's part of that that system now um and i mm-hmm. and i like how zodiac's kind of very much an anarchist and it's like well mm-hmm. that's why i don't really like you norm um but again very <laughs> very clever that that was kind of like a smokescreen and what we really see towards the end is he's after that zodiac key which is um yeah yeah which is i mean i'm sure he had a lot of fun along the way but his plan all along i, I believe was to get that zodiac key um yeah 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 um so yeah, so Agent Murphy, I thought um, really good, but I, I think I don't know. Just just thinking, putting my writing hat on, he just his purpose for the story just seemed to be a little bit blurry. Um, but for all intents, it was um, he was caught in a, a flawed system, like in Hammer. Um, he's trying to find something good. Uh, he's sorry, he's trying to find out what's happening. Uh, his boss is not kind of responding to him. And yeah, unfortunately, in the end, he gets yeah he gets done um, for mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah for for doing that. Um, we see the extent of Zodiac's, I guess, genius. He also um, <laughs> mic taps like you know that that um, that meeting that Norman Osborn yeah. has with all the bigwigs. Like you even see Namor in there, Namor. I'm thinking, yeah, mm-hmm. go Submariner. But, you know, the likes of uh, Emma Emma Frost. Um, so he's privy to all this information. Uh, he has whirlwinds. Is it Dave Cannon um, as the chauffeur? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so very calculating with all that. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So for me, one of the key, mo- key moments is basically this, this characterization of Zodiac. It just It's just really mm-hmm. well done by Josh, Josh Casey. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know, any, any other moment, big moment for you that kind of stood out? I mean, we have to talk about how he 
made everyone think Galactus was coming. Yes. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. that was cool. Ri- just ri- ridiculous, but yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone was literally like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were panicking at Hammer. They were yeah. going, oh, my God. Like, this is obviously global. This is a, a huge problem. Um, they talked about the Avengers having contingencies about evacuating off-planet or going interdimensional. Uh, Norman's kind of like, he's a bit crazy as well. He does go a bit crazy, actually, because he, he wants to go fight it um, or resist mm-hmm. it. So I found that interesting. Um, but this whole smokescreen of it actually not being Galactus. And then on top of that, you get Zodiac um, <laughs> procuring a robot um, and chucking that into New York City to, to cause more of a diversion. Yes, it's um, yeah. it's crazy. Did you have? Did you say you had some backstory on on the robot? Yes, that robot is called the Red Ronin. Oh yes, it, yeah, that's yeah. right. It was labeled that in the in the series. Yeah, and uh, that robot made his first appearance in Marvel's Godzilla. Oh wow. Nice. And uh, just to further tie this in with the show we're on, Red Ronin was created by Doug Minch. Oh, well, yes, I love it. Six degrees. So this is this is a Moon Knight centric mm-hmm. issue. Nice one. Wow. To me, he looked like Rodimus. Is that right, Rodimus from Transformers? Yep. Um, yeah. I thought there was a little bit of that, but. Um, yeah, it was just kind of a combination between a you know a Transformer and yeah. Ultraman, Ultraman and yeah. uh, 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 a Megazord from Power Rangers, but yeah. um, <laughs> just all those uh, wonderful Japanese uh, mech and kaiju creations. Yeah, and I was it was it was fun to have him like in there, and I guess Zodiac's logic was like, let's give. You know, I mean, they're going to be in a panic that Galactus is coming, but we, he obviously can't get Galactus to come over. So let's just get someone big right. to come over. And um, I liked how that was bubbling away in the background because there was a couple of in- a couple of scenes about I think um, Marsdale, I believe, and the clown were in Japan. Um, they mm-hmm. yeah, they were cutting deals to get this thing. So um, yeah, that was that was interesting. But yeah, Galactus, um, I think that was a, a masterstroke. Um, it was there essentially only there to give them enough time to buy them time because Zodiac said, look, they'll figure it out sooner or later, but um, it just Mm -hmm. buys them enough time to, I guess, weaken the defenses of that place that they storm and eventually get the Zodiac key. I mean, that's how I took it. Mm. Is that that right, Ross? Yeah. 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 Um, Speaking of which, you know, big talking about big moments would for me, I mean, it only came out towards the end, but it would was the Zodiac key. Um, mm-hmm. I did not, I, I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. We saw the decapitated heads of the Zodiac. Um, we have the titular character called Zodiac. Um, I, <laughs> for the life of me, I did not expect to see the Zodiac key. Um, were you expecting this right. or did you find it a surprise as well? Um, I, I had wondered where it was mm-hmm. when I saw the decapitated heads, but yep. I wasn't expecting him to actually get it simply because I don't think he has it anymore. Um, well, in the Moon Knight, right? Be- yeah. That, I don't know. Because, because since, since this, uh, 
miniseries has come out, I think the the team Zodiac has appeared again. Okay. Um, I think actually in Spider Man. Oh. Um, Dan Dan Slott's Spider Man had Zodiac in it. Oh, um, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, like Scorpio is—is is that the one that's Nick Fury's yes. brother? Oh, uh, LMA. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He has—he uh, had the Zodiac key the yes. last time I saw it. So, uh, well, that's the last time I saw it. That was all the way back in Defenders, right? Or was that was there something after that? No, this was in Amazing Spider-Man. Um, oh no, I mean before that. Like, sorry, before. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah before yeah. um, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, well he. Well, good then, because I was getting a little worried for Moon Knight there. <laughs> if Zodiac had the Zodiac key, and I guess, well, it kind of makes sense. He would have. I'm assuming he would have done more if he had it with him, like we would have seen from Moon Knight. You know, issues one to one to five. Um, it would probably make him a bit too powerful, but yeah. Um, mm. um, I, I like the look of it in this series. It's actually got a nice revamped look. It's um, got more detailing on it. It's got a nice green glow to it mm-hmm. um but yeah it's certainly one of the more powerful weapons i think in the marvel universe um so if you've got someone like zodiac carrying it it's not good at all um yeah for sure yeah so any um i don't know russell any notes on uh, about the writing or the art that you like to or, or the characterizations of any of the characters well, uh, you know, I, I agree with you that the writing for Zodiac is fantastic. Mm. Um, they really bring a balance here of, like, this guy is kind of jovial and nonchalant, but he's also terrifying. Yeah. And, again, that's going to draw comparisons with someone else. <laughs> um, but uh, like, I, I think it's... It's different enough yeah. from him to, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I yeah, I mean, I I totally agree like with you, Russell, in that sense. But I think I think because the aesthetic is so different, like I, mm-hmm. apart from the behavior, like you can't. I mean, it's not an immediate comparison. You know, and mm-hmm. that's to me anyway. Like, because at least say with Moon Knight and the other guy, there there's like a contrast, but there are very much uh, similarities. You know, like the utility yep. belt and and the cape, and um, one's essentially all in black, the others in white. Uh, with with Zodiac and <laughs> the other guy, uh, they aesthetically, I think they just look so much different. If anything, he looks a bit more like Scarecrow, doesn't he? So, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but no, I see where you're coming from. Absolutely, the the parallels are definitely there, and with the hospital, as you said, <laughs> that's even more of a parallel. Actually, I loved how at the beginning how he gets some of that blood and he smears it on his mask to give him a smile. Yeah, um, yeah, that was another thing yeah. where I was like, do they do they realize what they're doing here, <laughs> or you know, um... yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, uh, I think with the case of, like, speaking of writing, as I mentioned, I was, I was quite impressed, um, on the slight flip side, um, I think Death Reaper, um, 
I think she was relegated to Marlene status of the of the you know the classic Definitely. era, uh, which is a shame. Marlene you know? in bed. Marlene <laughs> in bed, and she's literally just horny the whole time, um, and mm-hmm. uh, she kind of you know dare I say like services Zodiac in that capacity. I mean, she's she seems powerful enough. She's the daughter of Necra, which is she's an, that's an awesome like that's an awesome lineage, and mm-hmm. um, there's also. They also have a discussion whether she, her father is Eric, uh, Eric Williams, the the Grim Reaper, um, mm-hmm. and she says, uh, I think she says no, but um, she's a very interesting character. I was just ashamed that she kind of got relegated to just being in the bed and just being horny. Um, there didn't yeah. seem to be much room for female characters in this story. Um, like we saw Miss Marvel as well, and the, the most striking thing for me is when she was fighting the Red Ronin, and there was just a gratuitous butt shot <laughs> of her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and the other one was Sue Storm, and and she had at least something, like, um, you know, to yeah. to offer. Uh, in the story, you know, she obviously her brother was heavily injured, but she managed to save the people from the hospital. But yeah, I felt that um, there were pretty much underserviced with that regard casey but yeah definitely yeah. yeah uh yeah sue being the strongest uh of the of the female representation in yes. this um i actually quite liked her very small but very pivotal role in this she very she took charge like yeah. immediately um as with death reaper I feel like you can also draw the comparisons to oh, someone else, okay. but uh, um, maybe even like more amped up than that. Um, okay. If you know what I'm referring to, are you um, referring to Pi or <laughs> no? I-, I was referring to uh, Doctor Harleen Quinzel. Oh, okay, right. Yes. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, she, that was. I mean, she was literally just there to be uh, horny. Uh, yeah, yeah, but pretty uh, much. yeah. Again, um, which is a shame because she's got an amazing power set, you know, and she's probably yeah. one of the most de- deadlier than Manslaughter Marsdale or the Clown. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like of of his uh, lackeys there, and I know this kind of is going to go hand in hand with the uh, characterization bit that we have here. Mm-hmm. But uh, the clown kind of being, like, very nonchalant about, eh, I guess I'll join him. Mm. And, you know, we we talked about Manslaughter having, uh, like, he's been believed that Zodiac saved him mm-hmm. when he was actually Zodiac that put him there. So we know why he's there. Yes. But I think my, my favorite bit is uh, Whirlwind. Yeah. Be in the chauffeur, be in the mole, because uh, Whirlwind is actually one of my favorite like D list villains. Nice, he's um, a good, he's a good villain. Al- I like him. Yeah, I've always always loved that green helmet. Me too, and the, <laughs> and the razors had, but... and the the buzzers yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I liked his role in this, like basically having to put up with Norman's shit to stick it to him eventually. Yeah. Well, and Norman is a dick to him. Like, it's there's no. Oh, it's, he's awful. Yeah, awful. It, it's not like um, Canon is misconstruing it. it. It's there. It's on the nose. He's like, you know, right. call, call me sir or Mister Osborne. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. 
Hey, up you, up yours, you know. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, you, you had mentioned that we saw Miss Marvel, yep. and I just want to clarify to oh, yes. the listeners that yes. that that's not that's not Carol. Um, that's uh, I think that's Moonstone. Oh, that's not Carol. Okay, right. No, because all the Avengers have been replaced by right. Of course, of course, yes. So yeah. yes. Um, that's right, yes. And I thought you were about to say, just to clarify, we're not talking about Kamala Khan, um, because in 2009... No, no, yeah, yeah, that too, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah she so, hadn't become Captain Marvel yet, but... Uh, yes. That's not even her. <laughs> that's not even her, yeah, true, true. Yep. Um, yeah, so, I mean, with the art as well, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I thought that it really filled up all the panels and the pages, um, and... It's a really good effect. Uh, immediately, you're kind of swamped, like that first couple of pages, with um, with the guy strung up and Zodiac talking to him, trying to oh, figure yeah. out, yeah, what Hammer stood for. Um, that there's a <laughs> lo- yeah, there's a lot of detail in that. I felt at times some of the faces were a bit weird, like they just yeah. looked a bit weird. But that could have just been the style. I don't know, like Mr. Fantastic looked a bit weird in some of his shots. Human um, Human Torch looked really weird to mm, me. Yeah. And, that, and that's that's before he got beat up. <laughs> uh, yeah, this might be a pretty face. How how funny was that um oh god, that butt butt clutching shot. <laughs> you see when Johnny's walking with his two dates and she's just like, you know, openly just grabbing his ass <laughs> so, yep. um yep. yeah so yeah the art was I, I i really enjoyed the art overall though but yeah um how about you russell is pretty much the same or yeah i i feel like the art was really had this really cool stylized grittiness to it mm. um but yeah some of the faces were off and i'm almost wondering if that was intentional yeah, it could have been like yeah, could have been his style. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe maybe like the I'm, maybe I, I'm probably looking way too far into this, but maybe this whole mini is like meant to be like what the world looks like to Zodiac. Oh, very cool. And you know, the Human Torch would be up on his list, obviously, or he wouldn't have mm-hmm. beat the shit out of him. But yeah, he just sees him as an ugly person. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Well, it, I mean, it does seem like it seems like a lot of the heroes and uh, you know Norman kind of has some weird faces mm-hmm. every now and then. It, the Death uh, Reaper always looks good, so maybe that that feeds yeah. into your theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I love the way that clown is drawn. He's got that really bumpy, mm. like disgusting nose. He, he kind of just looks yeah. like a bit of a a grub. Um, yeah, yeah. There was that thing as well. You, as well. You, I didn't. Sorry, Russell. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, just thinking. There's that thing towards the ends because so we, you know, we talked about Manslaughter Marsdale um, being manipulated by Zodiac. There's a thing at the end where Zodiac calls out the clown. It's like, you're not the real... Like, it's a flashback, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. saying you're not the real yeah. clown. Um, it's your brother, um, identity theft. Was that... That was meant to be some sort of blackmail, right? To, to have the clown actually I, work for him. I assume so, yeah. Yeah. It just... That was a little bit confusing again, because if you take it back to where they first meet, where the clown's in his apartment and Death Reaper and Zodiac come in with the heads... 
it looks like that they've never really encountered each other before, but apparently mm-hmm. what I'm assuming is that that bit towards the end where Zodiac calls out the clown for being an imposter, I'm assuming that happened beforehand too. So that was just a little bit confusing too. Yeah, that was pretty much ruined for me when I was reading uh, I was reading up on Zodiac right after I finished Moon Knight number 5 and mm-hmm. the Marvel Wiki listed him as Clown 2. Oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. Okay, all right. Let's yeah, okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> I, I wasn't really familiar with Clown One, to be to be honest. Uh, but uh, yeah, the only uh, comic book clown that I know is uh, the Violator. The, the yes, yeah, uh, kind of but, very similar um, kind of uh, vibe, like a, a short, stocky yeah. guy. Yeah, he yeah. loves. Yeah, loves his guns. Speaking of. Speaking of Spawn, you had mentioned that the art seems very indie, mm-hmm. uh, and it it this seems like an image comic to me. Yeah, yeah I think so. That's that's a great way of putting uh, it. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, it it almost has like a weird. How do I put this? Like an MTV vibe. You know how they uh, always yeah, have yeah, like those yeah really weird cartoons just on bit, MTV in the 90s. Yeah, just not your conventional like, cartoon, that sort of thing. It's just a, like, it's know, a little bit more style. Beavis and Butthead. And, yeah, yeah. yeah Beavis no. and Butthead, like the Max cartoon. Oh, the Max uh, cartoon is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're just a little bit off kilter, you know. They, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and certainly for this one as well. Uh, that's, yeah, I can see that with the art. Um, and, and I think it goes into the, I mean, actually, even the, the lettering, if you look at that, it's slightly different mm-hmm. as well to your standard yeah. comic book. So um, it all has this kind of weird vibe to it. And I think that all lends itself to to the cre- characterization of Zodiac, making him out, because he's, uh, you know, he's a title character, mm-hmm. making him out to be a bit a bit weird, a bit scary. Um I know, just looking again, just at characterizations, I mean, we've spoken about most of them. There's a little bit of Pace Pot Pete in there. He doesn't get much. <laughs> um, there was just, the only thing that came, that stood out for me with him was that he glued those security guards and then Clown just blew the, mm. the back of their heads off, which was, again, quite mm. gruesome. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, um, you, sorry? You can definitely tell this was pre-Disney buyout. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because- they would never do this now. I never. Know. I'm just thinking. Oh my God, this is this is a Max. I'm sure it's a Max comic. But this is 2009, so they yeah they were able to do this sort of stuff and push the push the envelope. Actually, you know, I, I, I say that, and then like Immortal Hulk is one of the most terrifying things that's I've true. ever read. So um, that's true. But that's like that's horror and kind of a different like you know. I mean, I'm not justifying it, but it's like the realm. Whereas this is like yeah. street level violence. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. I guess they have more leniency because you know that's like Hulk and monsters yes. and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Well, this is a guy it's with still a, gruesome. It is. Oh, it is gruesome. It is. It is terrifying. Um, yeah, that horrific stuff. But um, yeah, this as well with a guy who slashes in a in a Z in a Z formation. We see at the beginning. Agent Murphy is kind of like, oh, this isn't random. There's actually a Zorro. signature. Zorro, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, no, very cool indeed. Uh, references-wise, look, it, it's part of the Dark Rain event. It says on the title. Uh, other than, mm. were there any other references? You did mention, um, sorry, that fantastic uh, Red Ronin reference. 
Russell. So that was yeah, that yeah. was good. Uh, and also again referencing um, Moon Moon is it Moonstone or Moon Dragon? You're talking about you know, is it Moon Dragon? Yeah, it's it's Moonstone. Moonstone. She was okay. Th- yeah, she was a she was a thunderbolt and a foe of Miss Marvel. Okay, um, right. Um, I did want to talk about uh, themes. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, f- I feel like there is one theme that will carry over into Zodiac appearances in Moon Knight, mm-hmm. and that's the uh, he's very anti-authoritarian. Yeah, um, he's very against the establishment, and he. Uh, we see that um, while Mark Spector doesn't necessarily have the traditional establishment, he has his own built establishment mm-hmm. of the uh, Midnight Mission. Yeah, so so it makes sense that Zodiac would want to uh, bring him down, just yeah. for fun, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would actually, I always see that as a parallel between the two. Something that they both mm. are, because Mark is anti-establishment, if you consider Conshu, um, and his right. authority over Mark. So they both have that same kind of thing. Uh, the interesting thing about Zodiac in the Moon Knight comics is that he he seems pissed off that Mark has this this faith in Conshu, but. Um, mm-hmm. But what I find interesting is that he doesn't, like Moon Knight doesn't. He, he does. He, he if he right. wants, he actually wants to spurn Konshu and just, um, but in a weird way, still go about his work. Uh, so yeah, there are some definite parallels. Yeah, I, th- I think that's why. I think that's why Zodiac's targeted. Targeted him is because like he's, he's being false. Like oh okay right, yeah I mean so, like yeah. he. He says he's not following Kanchu anymore, but he still kind of is. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So you can you can see the parallels between Norm Osborn as well. That's why Zodiac exactly hates exactly. him. Exactly. It's like you yeah. you're a bad guy, but you're now, you know, under the you know yeah, the I, guys have been good. He, it doesn't make yeah. He brings it brings it up a lot. It's like that guy was the Green Goblin, mm. and like I didn't even realize that his identity was public knowledge but um yeah right uh, but yeah they bring that up several times and it's like the parallels between norman and mark are definitely there yeah yeah absolutely which is really great that we um and a great suggestion russell that we actually cover these three i mean this is the bulk of where zodiac is um in in yeah. comic books right so it was a really great suggestion, uh, Russell, to, to cover this. Um, loving the parallels between Norman Osborn and and Moon Knight. Can you believe there are some? Um, but right. yeah, uh, I don't know. Unless there's anything else by way of themes, Russell. Um, no, are, I, any other notes for me? No. Do you want to give this a rating out of uh, out of ten ten decapitated heads? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, let's see here. Um, I am going to give this a big, beautiful yellow man. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, an eight out of ten. That is for listeners who are unaware of the Konishu rating system. A huge eight out of ten. That's great. Um, fantastic. Uh, so obviously you enjoyed it. Yeah, I th- I th- really think the only thing that hindered it for me was some of those weird faces. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, that I mean the faces were 
the faces really uh, turned me off at some points. But other than that, it, I thought it was... And the characterization of the female characters was mm. a little uh, not good. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I had to take it down a couple marks for that. Okay. So a big, beautiful yellow man for Russell. I'm going to go for almost a full moon. So I'm, I'm going for eight and a half out of ten, but more to more closer to, to nine than than eight. Uh, so let's just say 8.6 then. <laughs> um, I just thought it was a very <laughs> solid read. It, it didn't outstay its, uh, its welcome. It's three issues. Uh, it's, it's dense in some parts. I mean, you get the sense of it with the artwork, but also the dialogue. Um, so th- there's a fair bit of dialogue in there as well. But at the end of the day, it's three issues. Um, and so it, it was easy enough to go through. But there was so much in it. And I think the characterizations mm-hmm. of Zodiac um, was just definitely definitely written by Casey um you get a, a genuinely scary character here and, and I'm now more excited than ever to see Zodiac take on Moon Knight because I know a bit more about him um he he plans ahead um I, I think Death Reaper even says or Marsdale says he actually he doesn't go into a game unless he knows he's already won it so he's very mm-hmm. calculating um he's um, you know he's kind of like Carnage um, he, he doesn't mind killing, which is a very scary thing. Um, and he also has that um, senseless violence as well, which which makes him even scarier. But it's not like he's just like a, a rabid dog. He um, he's got a right. plan. He's got a plan. Um, yeah, and so he'll be very scary for for Moon Knight to go up against. So I'm looking forward to their tussle. See what happens in issue yeah. six. What the, what the hell is up with these red-headed white dudes in the Marvel Universe being <laughs> absolutely insane? Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say that this miniseries is just an absolute enigma. Mm. Because you have you have this event, you get this miniseries, it's only three issues, they introduce a new character uh, with a established name, but he's a new character. Yeah, and you got these virtually unknown writers and uh, artists, and he just disappears into oblivion. It's, and then I can't, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, you yeah. can't, um, you can't believe Jed's would, brought him back. I can't or? wait. To, oh, yeah. yeah, I can't wait to ask Jed about why. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, oh, and now's probably a good time, yeah. Russell, to let the listeners know. Um, so as this episode comes out, there's actually a, um complimentary episode from tomes of evil mm-hmm. mm. yes uh this week uh well like ray said around the time of that this drops i will be dropping a tomes of evil episode spotlighting zodiac awesome and justin and i will be accompanied by none other than jed mckay awesome Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Jed is very well versed already with the by beast, Russell, so you, you got that in there early. Um so I'm What sure... about Man Mount Marco? That's, that's, <laughs> that's another thing to kind of make him uh to confuse him. Um, but but that should be a cracker of a listen to listeners. So if you've li- if you're listening to this, um you know, we're nearly done here. Just jump, jump on to Tomes of Evil as well. Have a listen to um, what I'm sure will be an awesome chat with Jed Russell. Um, I'm envious because, uh, yeah, Jed's always fun to chat to, chat with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Well, with that, listeners, we're just going to go to a quick short break. And when we come back, uh, Russell and I will just wrap up the show. But we've just got some feedback just to uh, to tie up the rest of this episode. So um, catch you soon. Hi, I'm Russell. And I'm Justin. And we're from the... Tons Hold of- up. Listen up, you nerds. Tired of being a little goody two-shoes? Had enough of always talking about acts of courage and heroism? Well, you have come to the right place, I guess. Tomes of Evil is the comic book supervillain podcast, where every month we do a deep dive on a different comic book supervillain, as well as multiple sub-series on some of the most iconic foes of all time, including Darkseid, Doctor Doom, Scarecrow, and... Name and you're right on time for your funeral. I better be getting paid for this. So what are you guys waiting for? Bring on the bad guys. Tomes of Evil, a comic book building podcast. This is Jed McKay, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is an other side of the moon. And what you heard on the other side of the break there was uh, Jack Russell. Give me a keg of beer. Moran and myself chatting all about Zodiac, the latest and greatest villain that Moon Knight will be coming up against in the issue six of the Jed McKay run later this month. Now, before we sign off, Russell, I thought we'd just go through some feedback which the fair loonies have left us. I didn't want to leave any stone unturned. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, I've got a couple of uh, comments here from our Facebook page. It's not the Moon Knight page. It is actually the collective Facebook page. Uh, so I missed this last mm. time. Yeah, and this is um, this is all to do with our last episode, 252 <laughs> Bibs and Crocs, all to do with the Moon Knight costumes. Uh, and great episode, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Drew. Drew. <laughs> Tomes, fantastic um, guy to chat with, and yeah, my gosh, there are so many costumes. Okay. To, yeah, yeah, loved all the costumes, but I, I also loved all the Devil's Rain talk. Oh that yeah, was, yes, that got me excited. Yep. Oh yeah, I'm sure we've actually got a little bit of something there later on. We should talk about Russell mm-hmm. too. Yeah. <laughs> but the the power, the power of, Chad of Chad, Chad writes in and, and he says about the costumes. I'd have to go with the mummy wraps from when Mooney was a werewolf. Uh, out of continuity, but it's an intimidating look. I think this is the one that we we did cover towards the end. It was part of Secret Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the shawl casting yeah. shadow over Mark adorned with skulls and whatnot. Yes, that was that was a cool one, Chad. Um, particularly like the bird skulls on the knees, the knee knee pads. <laughs> <laughs> they were really cool. But thank you so much, Chad, for that. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, listeners, have a look in our last episode. It's in our show notes. Uh, also, from High Priest of Conchu, Rebecca. Rebecca drops in something short and sharp, and I totally forgot this, Russell, but she says her favourite costume, boxer shorts and mask. How could I have missed that? Yes. <laughs> Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Vengeance um, of the Moon Knight and the Bemis run. So it's 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 happened yeah. a couple of times. But, of course, Rebecca, my gosh, that would have to be a favourite, I'm sure, of many a loony listener. Um, yes. Russell, we have something from face, our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. 
This is from uh, a certain someone named Justin the Owl. Osgood. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> in order of in order of favorites, I would have to say the classic costume from the original run is my top pick. But I cannot deny how much I love the Mister Knight look. It just suits the character so well, and I love everything about it. Of course, I have a soft spot for the Fist of Conchu look as well. That is any dis- depiction which doesn't show him having bare hands with the suit. <laughs> nice, nice uh, detail there. Yeah, yeah, I hate that too, Justin. Yeah, uh, I also hate it when Mark has uh, what I call specter face. <laughs> um, uh, and I love the current black and white armor that came about a few years ago. I'm assuming I'm less oh, of a fan. Oh, sorry. I- the, Sorry, I'm assuming uh, the Ellis. I yes, would yeah, the Shelby suit. Yep. I'm less of a fan of the tattered, torn-up look that makes him look raggedy. We'll save that for Ragman. Um, <laughs> I feel like there are plenty of other characters who pull off that look well. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, Thank you so much, Justin. Also, one half of the Velvet Drapes. I mean, you can't get anything better than that, Russell. You know? Yeah, the Velvet Drapes. Uh, they'll be on Tomes of Evil this week, oh, too. That is oh, premium stuff. Listeners, go listen. Turn off the lights, lock the doors, and just immerse yourself in the Velvet Drapes there. Justin, one half of them. Noel, of course, the other half. Um, and Russell, at the window. <laughs> I don't know what you, you, yeah. you're in there somewhere in the the, the fenestration. I just I yeah. just pull I pull the curtain. You pull the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> Russell's there, of course. No instrumental. Um, but no, thank you, Justin. <laughs> yeah, I mean those costumes for sure. They're they're all winners. Uh, I think Drew and I talked about uh, all well three of them. We we did miss out a bit, Mister Knight, but yeah, I can see how he's got such a cool look too. Um, yeah. Brandon Bartley Chambers writes in. He says, I don't care what anybody says. I loved when the cape connected to the wrists. I thought it was unique and it had a good reason for it. Made gliding easier. That's the one alteration I've never gotten over. Wow. Jeez. Um, I'd kill for that OG appearance to make some kind of appearance in the show. I love your loyalty, Brandon. Um, Well done. Um, But we're talking almost 40 years. Brandon's been holding this torch for 40 years, Russell. (laughs) um look of course uh, everyone's got their own tastes and stuff um they are cool they do have a practicality to them and don perlin was pissed off when ralph macchio said that they had to do away with it and use the cape so you're onto something there brandon um yeah but thank you um uh uh, russell do you want to do the next two like they're kind of short yeah 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 john marsden another uh perlin uh, mm-hmm. Backer here says Perlin <laughs> costume is and it always will be my number one. Nice, nice. Good on you. That, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, can't argue. Do you like the? I don't think I've asked you, Russell. Do you, what do you think of the Perlin costume? I mean, I like it for for its era, for what it was. Mm. Um, I still think that Moon Knight looks best. Um, <sighs> <laughs> I, I would, I would, I guess I would say 
if I had to give my top three, I know you kind of did a top three on the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine would be the classic uh, Minch Sienkiewicz, mm-hmm. particularly with the black mask. Yes. Um, um, uh, the Ella or the Shelby, mm-hmm. you know, Always black and one. white armor. Yeah. Yeah. And I am going to pick one from my, like, this is a run that I've pretty much said is uh, probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. And it's one that no one picks. Oh. Uh, it's the suit from Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Oh, yes. The Carbonadian one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That is a very strong suit. Yeah, it is. Um, I like it because it's very urban. You know, it's like urban wear. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think I think it was news to Drew. I remember from our episode, it was used to prop up a building as well, which it has its has its yeah. uses. I think it's a yeah, I think it's a great suit. But it's not like I guess yeah, I guess people don't pick it because it's not what you immediately think of when you think of Moon Knight. It's it's usually the spandex. But um, I'm with you. I'm with you there. I yeah, think, yeah. And I kind of like it how he had like blue eyes in that suit. You know, he had like yeah, those glowing yeah, blue glow. eyes yeah. instead of. Yeah, because yeah, it was really Instead of yeah. red or white. Because mm-hmm. it was it was more like it was a real mask, you know. It wasn't just like a sack over mm-hmm. his face. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Brandon uh, Oymet Oymay, uh, I'm sure that's French. Um, I love the Smallwood Current McKay outfit. Nice, the black and white clash with the armored look really complements the vigilante aspect of moon knight while still retaining the egyptian crescent symbolism yeah can't argue with you there brendan it is a very strong suit and capuccio is starting to come into his own isn't he russell with his take on moon knight he's got a very um people have called it like a very manga-esque kind of look for moon knight yeah um i'm really digging it i was a slow burn for me at the beginning i wasn't I mean, I liked I liked it, but I thought his work on issue one, um, there were bits and pieces kind of missing. But the look of Moon Knight has been consistent throughout, and I think he's um, he's done really well with it, making it his own. Um, a couple of just other final two comments here from YouTube again about bibs and Crocs. So this is from Car Eternal, Kyle Car, one of our valued patronies. And he mentions, uh, this was a reference to one of the Moon Knight suits that I called out for the Jeff Lemire Extraordinary X-Men series. Uh, Extraordinary X-Men Apocalypse Wars is like 3,000 years in the future, or something like that. Plus my favourite uh, alternate, Moon Knight. Uh, Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, I was working off the top of my head. I think I mentioned it was present day, but yeah, 3,000 years in the future that suit was. Uh, had a bit of Apocalypse Blue on there. Actually, it was a pretty funky mm-hmm. suit. It had like a, crescent, a horizontal crescent moon as a, a back um, shoulder thing. So that was that was pretty cool. But thank you so much, Kyle, for for um, um, what was I going to say? For validating? No, no, for verifying the um, yeah where that was placed. Um, pretty cool suit, Russell. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I remember buying that issue yeah. and seeing Moon Knight in there, and that was before I was a big Moon Knight fan. Ah, because uh, I, I kind of came late late to the game. Yeah, but um, did it lure you in? Did it yeah. like? Did you go? Oh, 
That looks pretty cool. I mean, every time I've seen Moon Knight prior to, you know, really getting into the character, I was like, oh, yeah, he looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> but Absolutely. But that was a she in that one. Yes. And, uh, that's right. And that was cool. Yeah, not yeah. much of a role, I think, from memory, but, yeah, still looked good. Um, yeah, and uh, la- one final one here, Russell. All right, this is from uh, CMK7. Great job, guys. Extremely thorough. <laughs> My... I'm not sure how to take that. Is that like a little too thorough? <laughs> <laughs> My... My favorite is still the classic <laughs> 80s Sinkevich. Flipping uh, through a friend's volume number one of the Marvel handbooks, came across Moon Knight. It was love at first sight all. He looked just so badass. The rest is history. P.S. I always considered his 80s bodysuit to be a heavily patinated silver, almost black, as opposed to the metallic white or bright silver some people insist it's supposed to be. Oh, interesting. Thank you, Chris. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Russell, your thoughts on that? I always thought it was kind of like a, a white silver silvery white yeah. yeah i don't have any comment on that it's just yeah <laughs> it's uh uh i just you know it is what it is i guess yeah, yeah exactly i mean there is an ambiguity let's face it with i mean we we spoke about that in that episode about um a lot of moon knight's costume relies on i guess the shadow um and how artists depict it because it it can come across as being black, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, I think as Chris was saying here, um, yeah, he, he imagined it to be to be that. So yeah, I mean, it's open to interpretation. Well, well Ray, you know what they say about shadows? <laughs> they know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> <laughs> the shadow knows. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that pretty much sums uh, rounds it. <laughs> Thank you, Russell. Um, <laughs> that pretty much rounds out. Well, actually, that that's a nice segue. Um, but a big thank you to all our loony listeners, of course, for all your feedback. Please let them come in. Keep them coming. Um, I, I posted something up for um, for this discussion with Zodiac, um, but uh, at the time of recording, haven't been able to uh, collate them. So we might, you know, talk about them in a subsequent episode. But Russell, a huge thank you. For, for joining uh, the show again. It's always a pleasure having you on. It's always a pleasure to be on. Uh, oh, that, that sounds that sounds a little erotic. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, that just reminded me, I, um, a little short story here. You know, when I was in, in my younger days, um, you know, going to parties and stuff, and one of my mates, Stu, he uh, came across this Irish Irish girl, and her name was Anya. <laughs> so uh, he just kept on saying, I want to be Anya, I want to be Anya. <laughs> it's like, okay, fair wow. enough. Uh, well, you know, a, a couple of beverages had been had, been had at that stage. Um, can't tell you what happened <laughs> afterwards. But no, a big thank you, Russell. Uh, before you go, of course... Uh, is there anything that you'd like to let the Looney listeners know know about with your projects? And of course, that fantastic Jed McKay chat coming up. 
Okay, well, you know, I have a lot of projects, Ray, so <laughs> bear with me here. Uh, <clears throat> All right, well, first and foremost, uh, check out Tomes of Evil, uh, the comic book supervillain <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> every uh, every month we do it, uh, one or two uh, spotlights on a different uh, comic book supervillain, and then also we fill in the blanks if you will with some sub-series uh including shows about scarecrow dark side dr doom and uh who's that who's that other one ray oh yeah it's the hobgoblin <laughs> uh um starting in 2022 as mentioned earlier i will be a co-host for justin's baby product yes. or product baby <laughs> podcast um uh Lost Libraries of Legends. Yes. Uh, that one's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that one's going to be... We're going to have shows about um, Darkhawk and yes. Sleepwalker. And uh, there's another one that we're going to have a show about, but I mean... I don't, I don't know, Ray. It's it's a real good question who it is. Um, <laughs> I'm but, not too uh, sure, but yeah, the begs a question. <laughs> I also uh, just started a, I guess I'm going to be appearing on a, a podcast that started out as a joke that is now <laughs> a reality with uh, Null Looney Tune velvet drape fucking nerd tate <laughs> and and that is trapped in a world the howard the duck podcast awesome i've i've listened to the first episode it, there's a little bit of a sneak peek on bandcamp for that um mm -hmm. fantastic fantastic journey to start off with um noel knows his shizzle and and russell it's good to have you there as well um but uh yeah it looks like a fun series yeah, and uh, just to get a last few out of the way, um, we do have a Itrigan podcast, Gone the Form of Man, um, which will soon be joined by a Spectre podcast, uh, The Wraith of God. Mm. Um, and... I think that's I think that's finally it. There's a big, big, big project that I'm working on uh, for later in 2022 that I've told Ray about last night, and I I, I don't want to say anything about it yet. It's awesome. Um, um, it's something that's that needs to happen, though. I've oh, been thinking about it for a long time. Travesty it needs to happen. The travesty hasn't yet. You know. Um, finally, I just want to say. Um, I am, of course, uh, the best because I, uh, <laughs> I, I have subscribed as a patron to all of Ray's shows. Oh, so I'm, 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 I'm collecting Ray podcasts <laughs> like infinity stones. That's what I'm like, like Pokemon's. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know it's very much appreciated, Russell. My gosh, you are, um, yeah, a fantastic supporter, um, but also a fantastic podcaster in your own right. I'm going to call you the Wizard of Oz now because you're you're pulling oh. you're pulling the strings behind so many shows, um, you know, as well as featuring <laughs> on them, of course. Uh, but you, mm. oh, I'll call you the Maestro. I should call you the Maestro. My God. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, oh, th- this is a bone, listeners, for anyone that is into superhero uh, comic podcasts. Uh, Russell is, um, yeah, he, he is providing so much content there. Um, go check it out. There is so much. There's something for everyone, um, and there's there's more for things that you want to explore or maybe have been just curious about. So definitely check it out from Russell. Um, he's doing great work, Russell, and, and thank you so much for all your support as well. Oh, my pleasure. You know, I, I was being a little cocky, but I'm actually very humble. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, true. Yeah, you are. You are a humble gentleman. I'm going to have to up my my patronage patron patronage to um to times as well, actually. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Oh, because I'm, I'm, I'm just loving the content that comes out. You know, it's, it's, it's good. It, um, you know, Russell is a valued member of the collective as well. Um, your, your shows are as well. So it just helps everyone. You know, we're all, we're all here to prop each other up, and um, it's great to have all this great superhero content. Speaking of which, Russell, before we do sign off, Dark Rain. There is something that's already started. Um, there is a collaboration, a crossover, if you will, between... Oh, yeah, I almost podcasts. forgot. Yeah. <laughs> the Collective, we've done it before. We did it with Damnation a few years ago. Um, and now we have a series of four shows uh, crossing over, and we will be covering all of Devil's Reign for you. It, it kicks off with Capes and Lunatics. Um, they'll be looking mm-hmm. after um, the core books, I understand. Uh, but Russell... Times of Evil will be in there too. Um, yes, uh, we'll be covering um, the Villains for Hire tie-ins as well as the X-Men tie-ins. Yeah. I can't wait for people to tear me apart over that one. because <laughs> I. Um, and also, uh, I think we have the Winter Soldier one-shot nice. on our schedule. So, yeah. yeah, X-Villain. So there you go. There's a little bit of a tie there. Um, kind of uh, <laughs> anti anti hero yeah yeah <laughs> but loosely connected. i mean I, I guess i i guess i guess technically we do an x-men show on tones of evil too that, so yes uh i guess that works out so that 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 works <laughs> and um of course over here at itk we'll be looking at the moon knight related devil's reign issues uh and over at to know her is to fear her Seren and i will be looking at the spider woman tie-ins so uh we'll, we've got it all covered Go check it out. Go check out. We'll put it in the show notes, but check out Capes and Lunatics first for their as they kick off Devil's Reign, which came out earlier um, this past week or so. Uh, next phase, uh, we have an idle chat. It's the next bit in Understanding DID. It's part three, and I'll be joined by Rebecca for this awesome chat. Um, truth be known, Russell, we've already completed it. We did it last night. It was a, it was a great chat. Um, great material from Lena. A big shout out to Lena, one of our valued uh, Looney members. Uh, so we talk about that. I'm talking a bit more about DID and uh, understanding it a bit more and how it's portrayed, in particular, in the Jeff Lemire issue 10 run um, of his series. So check that out next week. Uh, as mentioned as well, we've got a Patreon page, the likes of which Russell has contributed and supported. So um, 
so loyally. Uh, Patreon.com slash RTK Moon Knight. Go check it out for any bonus incentives. Uh, there's plenty there. Uh, I'll actually be releasing another bonus episode mid-December. Uh, it will be myself and the two Velvet Drapes. I think before they were even known as Velvet Drapes. Uh, so this was recorded a while ago. So, yeah, just, just to let you know. So we won't be referring to them as the Velvet Drapes. Uh, but they are there. Russell and... Oh, not Russell, sorry. Justin and Noel uh, will be talking about a Moon Knight-centric comic. Uh, that comes out too. Uh, also, our sponsors, CLZ Comics at Collectors.com. Go check them out. A fantastic database for all your collecting needs. Uh, Daniel Doing at patreon.com slash fringe night 27 for his creator owned superhero fringe night uh, and drew tombs uh, soundcloud.com slash tombs and lurk music with ck.bandcamp.com for all drew's music you can purchase some of it there it's really fantastic stuff um, very eerie soundscapes and finally if you use the code moon you'll get 20 percent off uh, the store the online store at dreamland comics go Check out your Zodiac issues and get them there for, for a cheaper cheaper amount. Uh, and finally, uh, again, we are part of the collective. A big sh- a big shout out to Tomes of Evil, uh, Russell. Uh, huge uh, thank you for coming on and um, a fantastic show that you put on. Really good, uh, as well as well. Thank you. Oh, it's without saying, Russell, it, it's fantastic. I mean, you, you bigger and better, Russell. I mean, Tomes of Evil recently just had the likes of uh, Ron Mars on there as well. So definitely mm-hmm. go check out. There's some great creator chats too. Uh, also as well, Capes and Lunatics. I'll give them a shout out because uh, they're kicking off Devil's Reign. But there are plenty of other shows on the list. Go check it out in our show note links. And finally, email us at feedback at itkmoonlight.com. We've got a website, itkmoonlight.com, as well as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, and Podchaser. And if you can leave a review, that would be mucho appreciated. It'll just help us get out there a bit more. Maybe um, touch base with other loonies out there who may want to give us a listen. So, Russell, um, any plans for... Are you are you off to work later today? Yes, I am. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I get through tonight and I have two nights... Two- Two nights off. So ah, lovely. It's all good. Lovely. Uh, uh, Ray, I actually wanted to leave you with a bit of a riddle. Oh, please do. All right. Uh, well, I think I'm going to have to turn the microphone over to someone else uh, who's going to be on Tomes of Evil later this week. So oh, okay. hold on just a second. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Ray. I have a question for you. Aunt Gladys? What has... <laughs> <laughs> what has two arms, two legs, two eyes, and kills a spider? Oh, I'm not too sure. Um, can a bug spray? The Green Goblin! I did that just for uh, I did that just for Noel and Justin. Yeah, that's, no, that's no who I did that. I, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with that riddle. Uh, I've heard it. I've heard it on tomes. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Green Goblin. Um, yes, uh, I still like Hobby better. But anyway, uh, me too. Yes, me too. Um, oh, I'm going to get thrown off a bridge now. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. Um, with that, listeners, have a good one. Uh, enjoy it. Keep listening. And as always, 
may Conchi watch over the denizens of the night. Get a letter. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.